was pointed out in the previous episode, the preparation of a talk does not consist merely in getting some mechanical words down on paper or in memorizing a series of phrases. It does not consist in lifting ideas secondhand from some hastily read book or newspaper article. But it does consist in digging deep into your mind and heart and bringing forth some of the essential convictions that life has stored there. Never doubt that the material is there. It is! Rich stores of it, waiting for you to discover it. Do not spurn such material is too personal, too slight for an audience to hear. I have been highly entertained and deeply moved by such talks. More entertained and more moved than I had been by many professional speakers. Only by talking about something you have earned the right to talk about will you be able to fulfill the second requirement for learning to speak in public quickly and easily. Here it is. Be sure you are excited about your subject. Not all topics that you and I have earned the right to talk about make us excited. For instance, as a do-it-yourself devotee, I certainly am qualified to talk about washing dishes. But somehow or other, I can't get excited about this topic. As a, mod- as a matter of fact, well, I would rather forget about it altogether. Yet I have heard housewives, household executives that is, give superb talks about this same subject. They have somehow aroused within themselves such a fury of indignation about the eternal task of washing dishes. Or, they have developed such ingenious methods of getting around this disagreeable chore that they have become really excited about it. As a consequence, they have been able to talk effectively about the subject of washing dishes. Here is a question that will help you determine the suitability of topics you feel qualified to discuss in public. If someone stood up and directly opposed your point of view, Would you be impelled to speak with conviction and earnestness in defense of your position? If you would, you have the right subject for you. Recently, I came across some notes I had written in 1926 after I had visited the seventh session of the League of Nations in Geneva, Switzerland. Here's a paragraph. After three or four lifeless speakers read their manuscripts, Sir George Foster of Canada took the floor. With immense satisfaction, I noted that he had no papers or notes of any kind. He gestured almost constantly. His heart was in what he was saying. He had something he very much wanted to get across. The fact that he was earnestly trying to convey to the audience certain convictions that he cherished in his own heart was as plain as Lake Geneva outside the windows. Principles I have been advocating in my teaching were beautifully illustrated in that talk. I often recall that speech by Sir George. He was sincere. He was earnest. Only by choosing topics which are felt by the heart as well as thought out by the mind will this sincerity be made manifest. Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, one of America's most dynamic speakers, learned this lesson early in life. I was chosen for the debating team in college. He wrote in his book, Life is Worth Living. And the night before the Notre Dame debate, our professor of debating called me to his office and scolded me. You are absolutely rotten. We have never had anybody in the history of this college who was a worse speaker than yourself. Well, I said, trying to justify myself. 
if I am so rotten, why did you pick me for the team? Because, he answered, you can think, not because you can talk. Get over in that corner, take a paragraph of your speech and go through it. I repeated a paragraph over and over again for an hour, at the end of which he said, Do you see any mistake in that? No. Again, an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half hours, at the end of which I was exhausted. He said, Do you still not see what is wrong? Being naturally quick, after two hours and a half, I caught on. I said, Yes. I'm not sincere. I'm not myself. I do not talk as if I meant it. At this point, Bishop Sheen learned a lesson he always remembered. He put himself into his talk. He became excited about his subject matter. Only then, the wise professor said, Now you are ready to speak. When a member of one of our classes says, I don't get excited about anything. I lead a humdrum sort of life. Our instructors are trained to ask him what he does in his spare time. One goes to the movies, another bowls, and another cultivates roses. One man told his instructor that he collected books of matches. As the instructor continued to question him about this unusual hobby, he gradually became animated. Soon he was using gestures as he described the cabinets in which he stored his collection. He told his instructor that he had matched books from almost every country in the world. When he became excited about his favorite topic, the instructor stopped him. Why don't you tell us about this subject? It sounds fascinating to me. He said that he didn't think anyone would be interested. Here was a man who had spent years in pursuit of a hobby that was almost a passion with him, yet he was negative about its value as a topic to speak about. This instructor assured this man that the only way to gauge the interest value of a subject was to ask yourself how interested you are in it. He talked that night with all the fervor of a true collector and I heard later that he gained a certain amount of local recognition by going to various luncheon clubs and talking about matchbook collecting. This illustration leads directly to the third guiding principle for those who want a quick and easy way to learn to speak in public. So stay tuned.